morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is your boy, Highlight Real, a.k.a. the Prince of Botch. Welcome to part two edition of the pre-show for part two of WrestleMania. Part two. That's right. This is a part two kind of day, so get ready for part two type of festivities. Are you guys tired of me saying the word part two yet? Yeah, me too. But it's okay, because we're in a part two type of party on Life's a Botch Part Two. All right, I'm done, y'all, for real. But now, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the review and the preview of part one last night. Just a quick little recap to let you guys know that the match everybody and their mama is talking about right now is the Graveyard, a.k.a. Boneyard, match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. And let me let you guys know, man, people are really raving about this match. As I mentioned before last night, like I said, it was the best match of the night. Did it have some flaws? Yeah, it has some flaws as far as, you know, in my opinion, it has some flaws, but it was still fun to watch. So if any of my listeners heard the reviews that I had last night straight fresh off of watching, I don't want you to think I was negative about it because I did enjoy that match. I just got to give Matt Hardy his props because anytime WWE does something cinematic, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know who started that. Brother Matt Hardy kind of started that a little bit. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to take credit away from what AJ Styles and Taker did because that definitely was pretty cool to watch. And, uh, yeah, man, that is literally right now, as far as Mania as a whole, that stole the show. And everybody's just raving. I mean, everybody's talking about how dope that Boneyard match was between those two uh, just in the style. And also, uh, some things I heard last night, which which actually made some good points, was when they talked about Taker and how, you know, this should be the new norm for Undertaker, given his age right now. Like, a style of match like that and, and the way that they shot that definitely should be the new norm for Undertaker. Like, more people who challenge him, because you, you don't have to be as technical in the ring with Taker since he's getting older now. Uh, so I'd love to know what you guys think on that. Feel free free to comment let us know what you think all that good stuff man and you know who knows brother we'll, we'll have to see on the next go around how things turn out but uh in the meantime let's go ahead and get into the part this is our preview show as you know our preview show of part two so let's get right into it and let's talk about you know we'll, we'll give some predictions and some opinions on night number two all right so, to kick off night number two, we a kickoff pre-show between Natalia and Liv Morgan. Now, there is no storyline behind this match. There is no reason behind this match. There's not even really a feud between these two ladies. So, this is kind of very much like every other match that has been on both nights, where some of these matches have just been thrown together. And this is definitely that case. Will it be good? Maybe. Natalia's a ring general. It could be. People like Liv Morgan. So, you know, she's not horrible. Not necessarily the greatest, but she's not horrible either. So, eh, meh. It should be okay. I'm not going to call that a show stealer. Don't know how many people are going to really pay it attention. Liv Morgan is hot. Natalia is really hot. And, I mean, should be a physical match. Uh, I give that match maybe three to five minutes. If that, based off how short yesterday's kickoff match was with Drew Gulak and Cesaro, I'm pretty sure that match would be even shorter. So, eh. I guess if I had to choose a winner of that one, uh, I'm actually going to go with Liv Morgan for the upset. I think I think she might, uh, you know, catch a little schoolboy win. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, I'm going to go Liv Morgan on an upset tip just because, you know, 
why not? You know, Natalia's a veteran. She's been building up people and things of that nature. And I don't know what direction WWE is trying to go with Liv Morgan, but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, she's in a a place where she's not really on the level of a Becky Lynch or a Sasha Banks or a Charlotte Flair, but she's kind of not on the level of a Dana Brooke either. So she's kind of just like there. Um, Like I said, very beautiful girl, good, good in ring talent. You know, pretty decent. I, I, I guess they're gonna try to build up Liv to maybe get a contention spot somewhere. But again, you know, WWE is in a heap right now. We don't know what life's gonna be like after Mania. So yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll definitely see where we go with that. Okay, so moving on. Uh, let's see what else we've got here on the match card. We have Otis. Big man Otis, that's right. Big, big, big man Otis from Heavy Machinery. Finally ending his feud with Dolph Ziggler. These two have been having what what most would say uh, one of the greatest storylines, side storylines, if you will, undercard storylines, you know, from when it started between the love connection between... Mandy Rose and Otis, you know, the little love connection that was brewing there when Otis was chasing Mandy and Mandy was still kind of like the snobby, hot, blonde girl that's kind of like, uh, why are you chasing me or looking at me or whatever? And he kept, you know, continuing it on Twitter and calling her out and, and you know, trying to get her and all of that. And eventually, I guess she just kind of fell for the old the Otis charm, you know? Uh, he's a very charismatic guy. He's definitely, uh, you know, even if you're a casual watcher and you haven't watched wrestling all that much lately, if you're a big fan of characters and people with a lot of charisma, Otis is definitely the guy you want to look at, you know. Uh, So I recommend watching this match just because of Otis's charisma alone. Now, not to cut off Dolph Ziggler, because if you're like my brother Derek, if you like technical wrestlers, you like somebody that has a style like a Shawn Michaels or whatever, who knows how to sell Knows how to take a lot of bumps because you better believe he's going to be doing a lot of that for Otis, given how big he is. I'm telling you right now, Dolph Ziggler is also, you know, he's a big veteran. You you know how he is. He's definitely going to, you know, give a show. It's WrestleMania. And this is definitely the time he he always likes to show out. Uh, so I'm just not, I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all. Obviously, this is very obvious that Otis is going to win this match because this is going to be Otis having his first mania moment. You can tell based off of his popularity and his charisma, Vince at some point plans on probably giving Otis a push of some sorts. Like, there are certain characters. It's kind of like, like how Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy were, you know? And how everybody used to always be about Jeff Hardy and the charisma he had and how different he was. And he always took the risks. Although Matt Hardy never always got the credit that he really deserved until recently, you know, with what he's been doing lately with broken the broken gimmick and things of that nature. But, you know, it's amazing how both Hardy boys were always different in both of their own ways. But Jeff always seemed to just stand out to people with his charisma and his you know interesting look and the fact that he always did high risk stuff and that made him a single star so like otis is kind of similar to that with heavy machinery tucker is good he's a you know athletic man about six foot four six foot five and can do a lot of things that a six foot four six foot five man around 300 pounds probably shouldn't wouldn't or couldn't do but he can do it uh the problem is his, you know, charisma doesn't seem to match Otis, you know. So Otis, you can tell at some point, is definitely going to be a solo star somewhere down the line. And d- depending on how things go with this mania moment, it just might get to that point. Especially when you throw this Mandy Rose, you know, angle that has been in the storyline that has allowed the beef to happen between Ziggler and Otis. Mandy's a key factor in this too now because now you're you're basically saying that in a way now that we know 
uh, as of you know this past Friday's episode of SmackDown, we now know that the date that was pretty much essentially messed up between Otis and Mandy Rose on Valentine's Day, we now know that Sonya Deville is the reason behind that getting messed up. You know, uh, not a big shocker, surprise to anyone. Many people probably thought Sonya Deville would be a little bit jealous of the attention Otis was getting because, you know, they had been, like, best friends for so long. And, you know, of course, it's it's really not shocking. So one would say with her, um, this is kind of like a double feud now. You know, this Dolph Ziggler-Otis feud might continue a little bit more. It may not be the complete end because now, now that we know Sonya Deville plays a part in this, it's very well possible we could see Sonya Deville paired up with Ziggler going against Otis and Mandy, causing the feud between Mandy and Deville. And at some point, eventually, maybe it breaks off to where, you know, Otis and Ziggler are done, but they continue with the feud with Mandy and Sonya De- you know, Deville. So it uh, should be interesting. I've been wondering when they were going to break up Fire and Desire, and it looks like that's finally coming. So... As far as that match goes, again, I'm picking Otis over Dolph Ziggler. And uh, big man Otis, he's going to get his WrestleMania moment, his very first, and I'm pretty sure it won't be his last, but he's going to get his very first Mania moment. It's unfortunate that it's got to be a a Mania moment in the likes of what's going on right now. But still, nonetheless, you know, because, and the reason I say it like that, guys, is because this storyline also worked because of the crowd, you know, people were really over for Otis and Mandy Rose, the hotness of Mandy Rose. Cause that woman is incredibly gorgeous. And then the charismatic, you know, the charisma of, of Otis, the two just kind of, it, it, it coexisted. I mean, it was like, yo, it was like sea salt and water, you know, or, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, However you want to put it, you know, peanut butter and jelly, what, you know, whatever your favorite kind of combination is, that's how Otis and Mandy Rose are right now. Like people were literally campaigning and they love it. And you best believe WWE is going to ride that wave as long as they can with these two together. Um, But yeah, I mean, should be interesting to see where uh, this goes, but even if it ends here, it probably will continue in some form with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Now, let's move on. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. A match that literally was thrown together out of nowhere. Like, literally out of nowhere. Now, I am a big fan of Bobby Lashley. Alistair Black, I like him. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of him like everybody else is. I know a lot of people are very high on Aleister Black. Not my cup of tea. I will say he does some very stiff kicks that make you go, ooh, wow, I know he felt that. I'm just not that big on him myself, especially, well, yeah, even in NXT, I really wasn't that big on Aleister Black. I'm just not a big proponent of him. Uh, I don't think he sucks. I definitely don't think that. I just can't get into him. Like, he's not my favorite style of character. So I'm not going to say that I'm the biggest Aleister Black fan. However, this is uh, very interesting. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to see where they're going to go with this. Now, most would think that Aleister Black's going to win this match. I could see why people would say Aleister Black would win this match. But as a proponent of Bobby Lashley, I'm going to take a second to just just really, really think this for a sec. Given how there's really no build or feud to this, would it really make sense for Bobby Lashley to lose this match? Because I know this is thrown together. But Bobby, we haven't seen him. I'm trying to think of the last time we saw him on Monday when when's the last time we saw him on WWE television? 
it's been a few weeks because I, I know one thing is the last time I re- recall seeing Bobby Lashley, there was still a crowd in attendance. So it's been a while. And he was actually, from what I heard, he was supposed to be overseas doing a tour or something. And that kind of just got totally canceled because of the circumstance. So I don't know, you know, I'm going to say that this, this, this has the potential to be a, uh, I'm not going to say a show stealer because clearly the only thing that can steal the show from this side of things would probably be, what I'm assuming is going to be the main event with John Cena and Bray Wyatt, given the fact that that's probably going to be in a cinematic style as well. So that's the only thing I could see that could possibly give what happened yesterday a run for its money, if if, if that makes sense. But Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley, I don't know if this style and combination even goes well together. It's not that I don't see Bobby Lashley losing, but I don't see the point in having him lose because knowing Vince and how he feels about guys the size of Lashley, I don't see why you would want Lashley. Because let's let's just keep it 100 here. Lashley should be facing Brock Lesnar right now or should have been facing Brock Lesnar a while back or something. So... Again, this is all thrown together to where you really don't even, you can't even tell who would win this. You're assuming it would be Aleister Black because he had been built up for so long and he's been beating a bunch of no-names. And then he would beat a couple of jobbers and then more no-names. And he had a key win over AJ Styles. So yeah, if AJ Styles could put him over, sure, Bobby Lashley could do the same thing. But this is a different thing because Bobby Lashley is a powerhouse. And we haven't really seen Aleister Black go against many powerhouses yet. So, I'm... Man. I want Lashley to win. I'm I'm just going to be real. I want Lashley to win. Because I feel like he needs it just because if he loses this, wouldn't this basically bury him? if you will, because if if he, let's say he loses this, but then once, say, Drew McIntyre wins the WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre is going to need some competitors to go against. Lashley is obviously a key competitor for him to go against, right? So how are you going to do that if you just threw him in a match with Aleister Black with no promotion, no buildup, only to have him lose to Alistair. You get what I'm saying? That wouldn't make sense. But it's WWE logic because that's how they do things. So I want Lashley to win because if they're going to catapult him to a championship match or something, you got to have him looking strong. I say he's going to lose this, but he'll probably lose it in a very strong way. I'm willing to bet it won't take one black mass to beat him. It'll probably take like three, maybe four. You know, something like that. You know, he'll probably end up doing the black mask like one or two times or something like that. But by default, I'm going to give this one to Aleister Black. However, I do want Lashley to win this match. Um, Let's move on to the Raw Tag Team Championship match with the Street Profits going against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Oh, my gosh. Um, Y'all... I'm going to be real with you. I don't even... I love the Street Profits. I do. Y'all know. I love my black teams. I love my black wrestlers. I love them all. All right? And anything Street Profits do, I'm all for. I just don't like throwing together matches and matches that were promoted and then broken apart. This match was supposed to be Angel Garza and Andrade going against these two. And before that, I recall it was supposed to be like a Fatal 4-Way or I think AOP, Authors of Pain, were supposed to go against the Street Profits, which then would have made more sense because Authors of Pain was a part of Seth Rollins' disciple crew. But as you guys know, one of the Authors of Pain got injured, so yeah, they're out of the fold. Therefore, 
Me personally, by default, I'm going to Street Profits because Austin Theory, A, ain't ready to win no championships. He ain't even ready for the main roster. Yet there's rumors saying he might get pushed to the main roster, although he's only been in NXT for like a handful of sand, you know, and he's very young. I do mean very, very young. And, and yes, he has a look and a presence about him, but the man is not ready. He is still very much green. So I don't see how they would just change the titles like that. If they do, I definitely lost all complete respect for this tag team division. I mean, it's already gone down quite a bit. But, I mean, if you take these titles off the Street Profits on a team like this, man, I don't even care about tag team championships anymore. But I'm going to Street Profits, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Okay, moving on. We've got the what was supposed to be a six-pack and is now a five-pack Women's SmackDown Women's Championship Elimination Match. Your reigning, defending SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey, going against Lacey Evans, the Southern Belle. Tamina. Tamina, the woman that always comes out of nowhere and no one seems to care about. And yet somehow, Tamina just gets inserted into this match after not being on there for so long. Going against my girl, Naomi. Feel the glow, baby. Feel the glow. And of course, last but not least, my girl, Sasha. Sasha Banks. Oh, yeah, y'all know I had to get extra animated for my girl, Sasha now. Sasha. Hey, call your boy, Sasha. Call your boy. I know you're a married woman, but just, just call your boy. You know what I mean? I know you're high and mighty, you know. I'm just saying. You need a nice little caddy or something. I don't know. Somebody to hype you up one time. I'm just saying. Call your boy. All right. Anyway. Uh, all right. Can I just be real and say that, yeah, this is another match that nobody really cares about. Only because of the extra pieces that are in it. This really could have just been a triple threat match between Bailey, Naomi, and Sasha. And I'd have been perfectly fine with that. Lacey Evans has already been beaten by Bailey. And I feel like the only reason she's really in this match, if I could be real, because, okay, logically, the way things were being built, Bailey was really supposed to go against Naomi, I believe, at WrestleMania, or it seemed like they were building towards Bailey and Naomi to go against each other because, you know, Naomi was like, well, you had never beaten me, right? But, but I guess they did that so so soon to where they had to do the match between these two at Saudi Arabia. And now it's no longer one-on-one. -on -one, you know what I mean? So, and then Lacey Evans, her and Sasha got beef. So I could understand, you know, because I thought that was supposed to be a side feud. So I feel like Lacey Evans, to be real with y'all, I feel like the only reason she's even in this match is because of Sasha Banks. You know what I mean? Tamina, I have no idea. Clearly, I guess they just threw her in there just to do it. Maybe she lives in Florida, and they were, they were like, hey, I know we don't really use you like that because, you know, you got hurt a lot over the years. We never really gave you the women's championship. We know you're not going to win it because what have you won? When have you won anything other than a 24-7 championship for a split second? And Tamina, I love you. You're such an awesome woman, so I don't mean to come at you hardcore. I'm just saying, Tamina, character-wise, booking-wise, no one has cared about you in quite some time. Some would argue and say they haven't cared about you at all. I'm not going to say all that. I like Tamina. I do. Am I a Tamina fan of the wrestler, the person? You know, I'm separating the person because I follow her on IG. And as a person, Tamina is an amazing woman. And I love her. On top of that, she's incredibly gorgeous. So I love her. You know what I mean? Um, now, I'm going to say some things that's probably unpopular opinion. Tamina, you, you kind of have let yourself go a little bit. Uh, you know. 
Uh, but she getting older, y'all. So that, that, that's expected. You know what I mean? She's been in the game for quite a while. But again, I don't know why she's in this match. She really doesn't play a part in this match. She's technically the biggest person in this match. So I guess she adds a power element. But I'm not going to lie, y'all. Tamina probably going to botch a little bit. And that probably might be my botch of the night, y'all. It just might be. So uh, you might want to watch out for that. It's probably going to be my botch of the night. Because I'm sure she's going to do something that's kind of just very, very botchy, if you will. Sorry again, Tamina, but I got to say it. Uh, but yeah, Lacey Evans is probably only in this match because of the little connection with her and Sasha having beef. Tamina is just randomly thrown in here probably just to be power. Dana Brooke was supposed to be in this until she got, you know, isolated due to quarantine. Don't really know why she would have been in the match anyway. She didn't really deserve it either. So it's a blessing in disguise because I don't think anybody would have necessarily really cared. Dana, again, somebody else that I'm sure works very, very hard. I'm sure she works very, very hard. But fans don't seem to care about her right now. Flex for me on that one. <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, the only three people in this match that you could really care about would be Bailey, Naomi, and Sasha. This was originally rumored to have been a match between Sasha and Bailey. Clearly, this is going to set some seeds for Sasha and Bailey to, you know, have their feud. Maybe relive the glory days of what they did and, you know, take over Brooklyn. And hopefully we see this. Um, as far as a winner of this thing, it's got to come down to Bailey or Sasha, right? Uh, Naomi is probably a close third as, you know, realistically... It's Bailey either retaining or Sasha and or Naomi, you know, catching a dub. But because of Sasha and the fact that her and Bailey are ob obviously friends, this is an elimination match, if I'm not mistaken. This is an elimination match. So they're probably going to work together, eliminate Tamina, eliminate Lacey, eliminate Naomi, and then it's going to come down to those two. And one of them is going to turn on the other. So either Bailey is going to catch Sasha by surprise and get her for the one, two, three, which is then going to cause the feud to happen from there. Or Sasha is going to, you know, have her boss-like moment, beat Bailey, become the new champ, and then it's going to cause a little drift in their friendship, and that's going to continue the feud. Either way, this should be good because people do still care about about the feud between Bailey and Sasha. We've been wanting to see that for quite a while. They've always teased it over the years to, and, and drug, drug it to a point where we all really didn't care about it anymore. Uh, but in this instance, I'm pretty sure they kind of need this feud right about now. So, But it has to be a double turn. Like Sasha kind of has to be the heel and Bailey has to go back to being a face or something because I, I doubt it would work the other way around. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go with my girl, Sasha Banks. I'm going to go with her to come in in a conniving way, and she's going to take this hit championship from Bailey. And then they're going to try to act like they're still friends after that, and they're going to say, say, we both the champs. And that's my best friend, and then that's where the turn happens. So, yeah, that's where I'm going on that. Speaking of women's championships, let's go ahead and continue with the women. Let's go with the NXT women's championship of Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Now, I mentioned this before uh, on Open Discussions, part two. Shout out to that. Make sure you tune in and listen to that episode where I was a guest star. I want to shout out my boy Joshua Gresham because that was an awesome, awesome appearance. And uh, I ain't gonna lie, when I gave my thoughts and predictions on that show, I still feel the same way right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to grab your shovels because I feel a burial well on its way. You don't believe me? Well, it's simple. Why don't you go and look at part one yesterday and look at the fact that Shayna Baszler literally just got buried. Been on the main roster for about three months, looked strong throughout the entire buildup only to lose by pinfall 
to Becky Lynch. You don't think someone... Rhea Ripley's not even called up to the main roster yet. You don't think they're going to do the same thing they just did to Shayna Baszler, to Rhea Ripley? It's Charlotte Flair we're talking about, guys. And I ain't trying to knock Charlotte. I get it. You know, she's she's a flair, okay? I'm just, she's but she's got the Roman Reigns effect, man. It's like the agenda WWE gives this woman. I'm not saying she hasn't earned a lot of what she's done, but why on earth are you guys shoving her down our throats like this to where it's not even cool? You know, and it's all because she's she's got a diva mentality. Backstage, man, I'm hearing a lot about the fact that she is literally politicking her way to the top right now. You know, and I get it again. The woman is very athletic. She's, 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 you know, X, Y, Z. But I feel like lately in these past few years, albeit she can put on a good match, she's athletic. You know, I'm not trying to take away her genetic abilities. But I just re- really feel like they're just blowing her up because they really want Charlotte Flair to be the greatest of all time out of women. Given the stature of her father and all. Because I remember when she first came into the main roster, I kept saying to myself, she's got a long way to go before she lives up to her father, Ric Flair. And they kept building her to be like Ric Flair. And then she eventually kind of came into her own. But now, even with her coming into her own and all, now it seems like lately these past few years, it's just been all about, hey, I'm a Flair. Hey, I'm the queen. Hey, I'm the best at what I do. And I'm the greatest woman of all time. I beat Trish Stratus. I won the Royal Rumble. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. And even with this feud, man, you really don't even know or think that this is really about the NXT Women's Championship right now. So in my mind, honestly, guys, guys and girls, I'm I'm just going to tell you right now, Rhea Ripley, because of the hype and the buildup she's had, this is their way of saying... Hey, Rhea Ripley, you're a woman who kind of resembled Charlotte. You got compared to Charlotte because you're big like Charlotte. You're blonde like Charlotte. You're strong like Charlotte. You're athletic like Charlotte. Hey, let's put you against Charlotte, right? So I'm I'm, I'm just going to be real. Even though this is the NXT Women's Championship, they had Charlotte beat Bianca Belair. So you don't think they're not going to have Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley? I mean, just get your shovels ready, guys. I'm telling you right now. Oh, 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 let's not forget, did she not beat the streak of Asuka at WrestleMania? Yes, she did. So, again, how has Asuka been doing since that undefeated streak ended? Yeah, she won a women's championship around that time and I believe she won it twice but if I'm not mistaken every time she lost the women's championship she lost it to who Charlotte so again people what's really stopping WWE from having Charlotte go over nothing she didn't want to be eliminated from an NXT superstar in Shayna Baszler at the Royal Rumble when Shayna got officially somewhat called up Right? So you really think she gonna go over this NXT champion or not? This up-and-comer or not? You don't think she's gonna not go over Charlotte? Get your shovels ready, ladies and gents. The burial. The burial is well on its way. So get ready. Because I'm ready to bury and bury bury a hole so much deeper than that of what AJ Styles dealt with last night in the Boneyard match. Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Charlotte. So, unfortunately, I'm going Charlotte Flair by default to win this match, become your new NXT Women's Champion, because she has nothing else to do, and basically, pretty much bury NXT Women's Championship talent. So, oh yeah. There you go. That's my prediction on that. Let's go ahead and go to 
John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse match. Now, I'm assuming if WWE is incredibly smart, I'm assuming based off what they did last night, okay, they had the Universal Championship match, not main event. And they had, you know, the Boneyard match, main event. Now, one would argue and say, okay, well, that match probably main evented because it's The Undertaker. And, well, we know The Undertaker is the pillar of WWE. So it was well-deserved. In the case of John Cena versus The Fiend, given the story, I'm going to say this is going to be just as great, if not better, than the Boneyard match. Because you, you better believe it's filmed in an off-location in a cinematic form. And you better believe given the story and the history of these two anyway, Bray Wyatt and John Cena have a story within a story. So yeah, I definitely see this still in the show. This is going to be the show stiller. And arguably, it's going to be a, a debate between that match and the Boneyard match as far as which one was the better of the two for this WrestleMania. Because so far, I can tell you this much. Based off the response the Boneyard match has gotten from last night, I'm going to tell y'all right now, if this is even half, if not better than what that was, both of these matches are going to be the main thing you talk about ever from WrestleMania 36. Even with knowing and remembering the current situation of <clears throat> Rona Mania, if you will, with no fans in attendance, I guarantee you, these two cinematic style matches, if they both live up to each other, it's going to be a debate of, A, which one of these were the better night? Or were they both the better night of WrestleMania 36? So, I'm definitely going to say Bray Wyatt wins this match because it's in his house. It's, it's a Firefly Funhouse match. So, this is definitely in his element in his world you better believe it's going to be just like the house of horror match that he the house of horrors match that he had with randy orton but it's going to be a little bit more uh how do you say it's going to be a mixture of dark and a mixture of very you know mr rogers fun loving like you know uh so it's going to be similar to how that Boneyard match was because the persona and character of The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and The Undertaker are very similar, both dark, you know, both kind of, you know, gloomy, groomy, stuff like that. But Bray Wyatt also has a, a lighter side to his, so it's going to be kind of like a two-faced kind of deal. So this should be very interesting. Now, the reason I'm going Bray Wyatt to win this, not just because it's in his element, but I'm going for him to win this also because Cena, um, as I mentioned, again, shout out to Open Discussions, because as I mentioned on there, I brought up this scenario. Everybody that has been a part of Bray Wyatt's story since he's become the Fiend, everybody that he's beaten has reverted to a form of them, an older form of themselves. And who's to say? Fans have wanted John Cena to be healed for pretty much the majority of his career. And albeit, though he is not, not really a full-time wrestler anymore, who's to say that after losing this match, we won't see, next time we see Cena, we won't see him become a heel persona and revert back to the rapper, the edgy rapper Cena, you know? very edgy, very ruthless, and, and uh, yeah, who's to say we won't see that, that Cena come back because he lost to Bray Wyatt? Think about that, people. Uh, so that being said, that's why I'm going to go with The Fiend, but I do feel like as far as the match card and the order goes, I think they're going to continue that trend. WWE, but but it's hard to tell because both of these these parts were filmed, so this is not live. So because it's not live, one would say you would hope that, I mean, I'm sure they're hearing and seeing the buzz now of the Boneyard match. So hopefully, even if they didn't label this to be last, I'm pretty 
sure they can maybe do some editing and make it the main event. I don't know. But hopefully, if it isn't the main event, they can go ahead and make that the main event. Because I'm going to be real with you. If Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre is the main event, it won't work. You know? I mean, that match can only be the main event with the crowd. So it would have to be John Cena versus The Fiend to be the main event. Because it's going to be in an off location, much like the, like the Boneyard match. You know what I mean? That ended perfectly. So... Hopefully they have enough sense to do the same thing with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. If anything, the only other thing that could main event that's left would be Edge and Randy Orton. And that is the good transition for the next matchup. Edge versus Randy Orton, last man standing match. Edge's return match. Um, the circumstances for this man it's really unfortunate because Edge, after nine years, after that neck surgery, he's returning, he's coming back. And it just hurts me to know that he's going to be coming after the, after the response that he got not that long ago, literally just a couple of months ago. The reaction and response he got from thousands of fans in a baseball stadium at the Royal Rumble to now come down to Mania, which could have been and probably arguably should have been canceled and or postponed. Now Edge is going to be doing a match with no fans in attendance. So he's going to be coming out to no crowd reaction. And, man, that's got to be heartbreaking on the inside for Edge. You know what I mean? But, nonetheless, this will be definitely another match. This is the match people are most excited for. Now, I'm going to be honest. These two vets and the way this match has been built up, out of any of these matches, this match has had the greatest build and the greatest anticipation, the greatest excitement, things of that nature. Now, this is the only match that can work with no fans, to be honest with you. So I definitely believe that match is definitely going to be phenomenal. However, I'm almost afraid that it might get overshadowed by the Boneyard match because the Boneyard match, again, has been so well talked about it really kind of set a fire for the rest of what's going on in part two. So hopefully Edge and Randy Orton put on one heck of a show. Uh, because again, you don't necessarily need fans for this. This is definitely, especially with it being a last man standing match, they're going to be all over the performance center. You better believe that. So I'm interested to see how this goes, but I'm going to go with Edge to take the dub on this one. It's his first match back. It's his return match. Uh, you know, and, and, and why wouldn't Edge win? You know what I mean? I, I don't see how they would have him lose coming back. But, you know, either way this goes, this should be very, very, very interesting. And I cannot wait to watch this match more than anything. Even with no crowd, like I mentioned yesterday in my review on part one, it was very tough to watch a lot of these matches because of no crowd, and I would have added some audio crowd noise just to make it seem like it was a crowd there. If I were running it, I would have did that. Uh, I mean, it was hard to get into a lot of the matches. Uh, the triple threat ladder match from part one was talked about and highly praised because they did well. And like I said, I think I admitted that. Yeah, they did well. Just it didn't feel right without a crowd. You know, uh, it was a great match. It was a show-stealing type of match, you know, definitely. But it, it just didn't feel right without a crowd. So Edge and Orton won't give me that feel because these two are veterans. They've been in it a long time. And the intensity and the buildup and how this match has just gone up to this point, literally, you don't need a crowd for this to be exciting. So I can't wait to see that. And let's see what that lives up to. And that leads me to the final match on the card, the WWE Championship match, Brock the Beast Lesnar going against Drew. I'm not going to call that man the sexy Scottman or whatever that was. Uh, the Scottman, whatever. Drew McIntyre. Um, okay, so there's a lot of ways you can go with predictions on this one. Do you go with the swerve? And the swerve would be... You could go with a swerve here. And the swerve would be... 
given the circumstances of what's going on right now, Brock Lesnar could win, and then the feud could get continued when fans are able to be back in attendance to where McIntyre has his moment. But that wouldn't make sense either. Albeit it would make sense from a standpoint of there were no fans to celebrate with him. Given the fact that this is WrestleMania, crowd or no crowd, I mean, we did see Braun Strowman have his mania moment, which, by the way, I don't think... I mentioned that yesterday. No one's really going to remember that unless you're a hardcore Braun Strowman fan. You're not really going to remember that. He is going to remember that. Of course he is. He's going to remember that. But with no crowd in attendance, are you really going to remember that Braun Strowman won a Universal Championship from Goldberg? Like, yeah, props to Goldberg for putting him over. But are you really, really going to acknowledge it? No, you're not. Because there were no fans there. It's it's forgettable because it's like there wasn't that moment. Like, anytime you think about Shawn Michaels when he beat Bret Hart in that Iron Man match and he became WWE champion for the first time, and you see the emotion pour as he's on his knees and he's, you know, crying over the title, things like that and you think about the fans that were in attendance, you never forget a moment like that. You never forget WrestleMania 20 with Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit sharing a moment as best friends in the ring with confetti falling. You get what I'm saying? Moments like that, you don't forget. You don't forget John Cena when he won his first WWE championship at WrestleMania 21 and celebrating in the crowd. You get what I'm saying? You don't forget those type of moments. So... For people like Drew McIntyre and even Braun Strowman, I'm just going to be real. Now, in Braun's case, it was like, bro, you only won that by default. Roman couldn't be in this because he pulled out. Had it been Roman, he would have been the one to win. But see, now that you replace him, of course you have your moment. Yes, you're WWE champ. Congrats on that, albeit it was just popcorned onto you until further notice. Right? So, eh, when I look at Drew, I really feel bad for Drew, man, because he really deserved the moment that he got. And now I can see, I, I want, I feel like he will win this championship, but WWE likes to swerve. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brock somehow retained this. But I'm going to go Drew McIntyre for the dub. I'm just going to feel really bad for Drew because this is, you know, because one thing I did notice, that's another thing that kind of just took me away from probably the in-ring action. There was no confetti when Braun Strowman won the championship. So if Drew McIntyre wins the championship, there will be no crowd, no confetti, no pyro, None of that. It's just going to be his theme music, the commentators putting him over, and he's going to definitely probably be emotional by having the championship in his hands. But you won't feel it because the crowd won't be there. No confetti, no pyro, no nothing to make you feel like it was a true moment in his career. So I'm going Drew McIntyre to take this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they swerve this and you see you know, Brock Lesnar retain in some type of fashion just because of the current circumstances. And they, they say, hey, Drew, don't worry. We're going to give you your real moment that you deserve. We just want to do it where there's fans in attendance, so the emotion is really there. But I'm going to say Drew McIntyre takes this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, again, you have three potential matches on tonight that could main event. Uh, it could be the WWE Championship match with Lesnar and McIntyre. It could be Edge and Orton in The Last Man Standing, or it could be what I think and hope, in my opinion, is Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse match. Again, given what you did last night with part one with that graveyard match, I'm sorry, boneyard match, given what you did with that and how awesome of a response it has generated, you have to do the same thing with Cena and Wyatt. 
it may look like a copy as far as, oh, they're just doing that because the graveyard match was 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 main event. But I'm saying, like, it makes sense to do that because why wouldn't you? However, the good part about part two is you can make a case and say Lesnar versus McIntyre or Orton versus Edge. You could say those two could very well main event, especially with Edge and Orton because they've had the best buildup to this. Out of any matches on this card, they've had the best buildup, the best fan support, all of that. So they could main event, you know, um, depending on how hard these two go at it. And you better believe they're going to go hard. But I'm going to say John Cena and The Fiend Bray Wyatt end up being the Firefly Funhouse match is going to be the main event. Um, but we shall. We shall see. And uh, that about does it, guys. That that right there does it for this edition. Hope I didn't keep you guys too long. This is a longer, you know, preview show uh, other than my last one on part one. But let's get ready for Mania season, guys. Uh, we're almost over. We, we are halfway there. We got part two. And, uh, and then that'll be a wrap for WrestleMania 36 as of tonight. So uh, tune in for the next exciting episode as we get ready for the post show, giving a live reaction of what happened from part two. All right. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following us on all things Life's a Botch podcast. Uh, we are now officially on YouTube, so look us up, Life's a Botch Podcast on YouTube. Look us up on Instagram, Life's a Botch Podcast. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Life's a Botch Podcast, all that good stuff. And as always, you have officially been botched. <laughs>